Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The San Jose Sharks totally in control tonight as they roll over the Edmonton Oilers 6-3. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 11-16 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, we talked before this game about the Oilers surviving the first 10 minutes. Sharks are going to come out firing. They generally put a lot of pucks around the net, try to hammer away a rebound, look for deflections, are really busy in the other team's end. Well, the Oilers did not get a passing grade in that regard. They trailed 2-0 by the time the game was 10 minutes old, and then at 11-12 of the first period, it was 3-0 Sharks, and they pretty much didn't look back from there. You know, the Sharks came into this game with a game plan that was get the puck to the point and crash the net. And they played it to a T. Uh, mistakes were made in in the other zone on mis- miscommunications, guys picking the wrong guy, reading the play wrong. And the San Jose Sharks had oh seven, eight, nine, ten times where their defensemen got to shoot the puck uncontested, no pressure at all. And we're talking about Vlasic, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, you know, three of the best defensemen in the world. And if they get to take their time and pick the shot they want and find the target that they want, they're going to make it just about every time. So the Oilers did not do a good job with their high man coverage. They misread a couple. Brent Burns ended up wide open, walked in on his own. Someone missed coverage on that. Uh, they lost coverage out of the, the corner. Marlowe beat Manning to the front of the net for a tip. They didn't do a very good job. The Oilers are taking sticks away in front. Four of the goals tonight were tip-ins. Uh, and I think the the fifth one, the Canes one, it was a tip, and then the rebound eventually went to Canes. So uh, San Jose had a game plan. They played it perfectly. The Edmonton Oilers did not come up with one of their best efforts tonight. So I think a little disappointing in the 6-3 score probably flatters the others as they scored a couple late goals when the San Jose Sharks at that point had just really were just trying to wait wait for the clock to to run out. Yeah, the Sharks got their fourth goal a minute 26 into the second period. It was 5-1 San Jose after two. The Oilers did get uh, two in the third like Rob mentioned. What really stuck out to me tonight is and you kind of touched on it Rob just how much room the Sharks seem to have. A, a, a San Jose player would get the puck no oiler around him. There'd be a pass to another San Jose player, no oiler around him. I mean, it almost looked like a San Jose power play at times, even though they, they weren't on the power play. I mean, the Oilers' defensive coverage today was maybe as poor as it's been all season. Yeah, and, and just it's not talking on the ice, so they're not communicating well. Uh, just misreads. I mean, a great example was the Thomas Hurdle goal. Both Hurdle and Cassian are in the penalty box. It's four on four. 
the, the penalty ends. Hurdle's got a huge advantage. He, he's on the he's by the one blue line coming out of the box. He's probably got about a 30-foot head start on Cassian, so he's going to beat him to the net. Hurdle reads the play, realizes, you know what, I'm going to dri- drive to the net. Hopefully something will come. James Neal was in front of the net. He's got to look around and see what's out there. And he just skated away from the front of the net, out towards the tops of the circles, didn't pick up a man, and Hurdle just came in and filled that spot. So now all of a sudden, Thomas Hurdle, great hands, is standing by himself in front of the net. Again, Eric Carlson, time to make the play, find the right guy. He hits the stick of Hurdle, and again, a tip play past Mike Smith. But that one... If James Neal stays in front of the net, now I know he's not a defenseman, but read the play. If he stays in front of the net, he's going to block out Hurdle. It's going to be an easy save for Mike Smith. Too many of those mistakes tonight. Yeah, disappointing outing for the Oilers. They lose 6-3 to the San Jose Sharks. Edmonton's goal scorers were Dreisaitl, Cassian, and Gagne. Dreisaitl gets another two points tonight, a goal and an assist. So his point streak now goes to 10 games. We're not going to celebrate that too much tonight after uh, after a loss, but he does keep uh, keep producing points. Sam Gagne got his first goal of the year. Too bad it didn't uh, it didn't mean more the final goal in a six three loss. But I know Rob, you always have a little extra nod when a guy makes a, a bank shot from behind the net. Well, it was a nice play. Uh, that line, Nygaard, Russell, and Gagne had a couple of really good shifts together. I thought Russell had another strong game, uh, but that one, Gagne got the puck behind the net and. There was bodies on the ground, sticks on the ground in front, and he saw uh, that the goaltender, Jones, was off his post a bit, and he fired at the back of his arm and, and hit it. And you can see the excitement in it because it's it's something that, uh, to me, Mario was the best that I ever saw do it, and he used to try it all the time. Players are doing it more and more now, but Gagne made a nice play, and you could see the excitement on, on his goal. I know it was a 6-3 goal, but... He's fighting to play, stay in the National Hockey League. He knows the team's getting healthy. He wants to make sure that every time he's out there, he's making a positive influence on the game. And, and he was good tonight. He had a goal and an assist, two points in the game. Uh, pretty good for a guy playing on fourth-line minutes. We'll make Sam Gagne the fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Oilers lose 6-3 to the San Jose Sharks. The uh, three stars tonight, you probably give could have given the first. Well, if you pick 20 stars, it might be all San Jose guys before you, you got to an Oilers. Pretty poor night for the Oilers, but Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, and Barkley Goudreau, the three stars this evening. Goudreau also uh, in a fight tonight. First fight of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Took, uh, took 20 games. Brandon Manning went at it with Goodrow after Hurdle took the interference penalty on McDavid. Actually, did he get called? Yeah, he got called for interference. Yeah, and well, it was uh, one of those where Manning wants to be noticed in a game when things aren't going very good. And at times, he he, he struggled a little bit tonight, Manning, with the foot speed going against a, a fast San Jose team. So you, you got to do what you got to do to stay in the National Hockey League. Star player on the team gets hit, a little bit of a cheap shot. You go in there and make sure that uh, the coaching staff and your teammates notice you. Manning did that. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We'll also get you post-game reaction from San Jose as we roll along tonight. We'll go to the phone lines. We have Rob on line one. Hey, Rob, thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I wanted to say, you know, I've been watching the Oilers since the early 80s. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I worshipped the Oilers as a teenager. And, and since they've drafted Connor, I've never missed an Oilers game. And 
uh, you know, it's uh, it's exciting to see the, the the team they're starting to put together, and uh, I love uh, how Gaetan Haas has been playing. He's getting better all the time, and uh, it was exciting to have Nygaard back in the lineup tonight. And I'm looking forward to seeing those two playing together because I I want to see some speed. Eh? I like it when they uh, start out skating and overwhelming the the other team. Uh, so I was a little bit disappointed that they took Haas out tonight, but I was happy for Gagne for getting the goal, and I was uh, uh, nice to see Manning step up and fight there for 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 stepping up for uh, Connor. That's so, all I'd like to say. So Rob, I'll just ask you a question. So the twenty games, we kind of use that as a bit of a demarcation point because we're a quarter of the way into the season. 12-6-2, they've had you know a couple bad nights like tonight. They've had some games where I think uh, the goaltender maybe stole them a win or two, but they've also had some pretty good all-around nights. That's what I think anyway. How yeah. are you feeling through 20 games? Oh, I'm, I'm far, far more optimistic than I have been in a couple of years. They're, they can skate this year. When, uh, it's when Dreisaitl and McDavid are off the ice, They've got players that can skate, and I think they're going to have a really good year. And uh, I'm just looking forward to them getting back on track. They had a, they had a, an off night, and that happens. So uh, that's all I have to say. Appreciate it, Rob. Thank you for calling. That is Rob at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Well, I mean, I think this is a, a good because now we've seen twenty games, so you've kind of seen a little bit of everything. Twelve six and two. I think you'll take the record. I know Bob said before the game, wow, 13, like 12-6-2 is good. 13-5-2 sounds would have sounded a little better. They have some flaws, clearly, mm-hmm. um, as, as every team does. I, I understand when a lot of fans are still worried, and I think the last 13 years factors into that too. Uh, the goaltending has generally been a checkmark. The special teams have generally, well, not generally are a checkmark, second and fifth coming mm-hmm. into tonight. The depth scoring still worries me. Yeah, they're susceptible to an injury or two if a big guy goes down. Most teams most, are. Most most yeah. most teams are. I, I think you take the record, um, you know, Tippett, he had that great quote the other night, if it ain't broke, you're not looking hard enough. So he's always looking for things to tweak. I think the players have have bought into that. After a game like this, I always think to myself, okay, what happens next game? You got dominated. You clearly were not good enough. This wasn't a game you lost because of a hot goaltender or a bad bounce, or it could have gone either way. This they were, they were beat from the first second of the game tonight. It was is so. How how do you react to it now? I, I'm really curious to see how they do on Thursday. To me, that really is kind of revealing about the character and attitude of a team. Yeah, I, I would expect a, a better effort. Uh, they're playing against a team, Colorado, that's as beat up as any team in the National Hockey League. You know, you're missing two guys off your top line, two of your superstars. You're missing one of your strongest defensemen and probably your first and second goaltender. So uh, the team, Colorado, is ripe for for a a bit of a setback. But the one thing that we have seen in the past with the Oilers, when they have injuries, their team has fallen apart because of a lack of depth. What we've seen this year with Colorado, they've had injuries – and their depth players have won them hockey games. So it won't be an easy game for, for the Oilers. Colorado's a fast team. We saw that last year in the playoffs, in, in the first-round upset of the Calgary Flames. I, I think they surprised a lot of people with the speed they had. And Nathan McKinnon is one of the 
top what five seven Absolutely. players in the world Absolutely. and he scored a goal tonight against the Jets where it honestly it looked like Connor McDavid he was at his own blue line he had four Jets to, to go by they put a puck in an area and he beat everyone and it wasn't even close so he, the, Nathan McKinnon to me is one of those players that you get excited to watch play and I'm going to be excited watching Colorado play they got another young player uh, Kale McCarr a defenseman that came up in the playoffs last year out of college and started, and he's had a great start to the season. So it, it is a banged-up Colorado team that's playing very well, and the Oilers are going to have to respond. They're going to need better efforts top to bottom. Again, the Oilers' second line, not good enough tonight. I mean, they were minus three in this game tonight and not noticeable. And, and James Neal, who's had a great start, that was this might have been his worst game for the Oilers, so he's going to need a, a response again because you don't want to start going down that slippery slope because after this game they got another tough game against the Dallas Stars and then San Jose's again yeah. next week. So that Colorado is to me the game that you need to win because it gets a little bit harder after. All right, six three. The Sharks roll over the Oilers tonight. More of your phone calls in a couple minutes, but let's go back to San Jose. Here's Coach Dave Tippett. Uh, so, what happened? This is fairly un- uncharacteristic of what we've seen from this team from for the last little while. Uh, I saw a team that was desperate and trying to get back in the race, and a team that uh, was content where they were at. And the desperate team usually wins those games. You got to squeeze that contentment out of a team. I mean, this could probably help in that respect. It uh, it, it shows a little bit of the immaturity of the group to uh, sustain things, and immaturity of like we're trying to become a real good team, but we're not there yet. You know, real good teams go out and they, when all else fails, at least you you can say they're going to recognize the situation and go out and compete hard. And we didn't compete hard. We got out competed by a desperate team. Kind of defense's own coverage has been a, like a staple of what has yeah, worked we, for you guys. It, it, right through, right through, right from the goaltender on out. It was, and the goaltender there was some of those deflections, but it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good effort by a group right through. There was a, I think it was uh, that stretch where uh, McDavid got a somebody hurdle stuck the hip into him, and you guys were going to get a power play instead. It evened out, and, and they got was that it. That wasn't determining factor in the game. No, but you want Cassian to step in in that situation, or would you rather? Yeah, you got you got to have you got to have people take care of your teammates. All right, quick comments from uh, Dave Tippett. Clearly unhappy tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean they did they did get out competed, and we talked about it. Details, lack of coverage, not doing a lot of things that you have been doing and you know you have to do especially in the defensive end well I, I think that Dave Tippett said best at the very beginning that it was a team that was desperate for two points playing against a team that was a little content and the desperate team they've got some skill so when they're when that skilled team plays with desperation and you don't match it with the same type of emotion and intensity uh, you're, you're not gonna find success at the end of the night so uh, you're gonna have off games over the course of the season. Tonight, the Oilers had one, and as you said, how do you respond to it? You don't have two off games in a row. You have to come back with a much better effort. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Kirby standing by. Hey, Kirby, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Good. Uh, love you guys' show. Um, yeah, there's a few comments. Uh, my biggest thing tonight for the game is uh, tip a change in the lineup. And uh, they win 6-2 the game before. And I, I don't understand why he changed the lineup. 
Um, there's many reasons. I think part of it, it's they've got a, a mother's trip. He wanted every player to play a game in front of their mother. They got a guy coming back, Nygaard, who, if he had not got hurt, would have been in the lineup for every one of the games. They wanted him back in the game. Um, I think those were the two main reasons. Yeah, I, yeah. Kirby, and see, I, 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 I don't I, know. I understand that. And this isn't Pee Wee hockey. This is NHL. Yep. So your yep. mom, your moms have watched a lot of games. Absolutely. But we, we, but we need the best team on the ice. We've we've seen a lot of crappy teams over the years, and taking like, yeah, I I, I know no. what you're saying, but taking Hawes out of the lineup, taking Granlin out of the lineup, that's not going to change change your game. That's I, not going to change your team. I was going to say Kirby, the one that surprised me, and and maybe it's different for you. The one that surprised me was Manning in for Pearson. The other two, yeah, yeah. the other two, you know, make sense. Especially Nygaard, he's a would have been a regular anyway. But Manning in for Pearson, and I and I don't think they lost the game because of Brandon Manning. Don't get me wrong. No, but, but, that, I, but that was think, the one that surprised I think, me. I think you lose you lose the sink of the game when you, when your team like beats up on Anaheim for once finally, and then like you change the lineup. No, it wouldn't affect it wouldn't affected the dressing room at all. I I can tell you from experience when 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 you play. For example, if you go into your hometown and you're a healthy scratch for seven straight games and you go into your hometown, a good organization, a good coach will put you in for that game. And it happens all the time. And it doesn't change the dressing room. The dressing room appreciates that. So I, I don't think him changing the lineup after the game they won had anything to do with today's game. I mean, the worst line on the ice was a line that was together in Anaheim. That was Nugent Hopkins, Neal, and Chason. They were the worst line on the ice. The line of yeah. Gagne and Nygaard, they were one of the better lines, and they were the guys that just came into the lineup. So uh, I, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think uh, you go with what you feel is the best lineup possible. If you want to put them in because of the mothers, and they haven't said that, that's just my guess. And I respect they, they, that. They, they, the, they, they, they could have used a few of the moms on the ice tonight then. Too, uh, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> Kirby. Thanks for staying up and calling, buddy. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. That's Kirby, 780-496-0063. Jeremy from Glendon writes in. He says, the Oilers didn't look great, but I think San Jose played a great game plan. Defensively, they clogged up the lanes and made the Oilers play slower. Offensively, the Sharks play with their guys on the half wall, five or ten feet deeper in the zone than most teams. This brings the Oilers' wingers deeper, opens up the D-men for point shots and tip-ins. They simply have our number lately, and we need to find a, ba- a plan B to produce some slower zone possession offense. Jeremy from Glendon. Well, I think it's worth talking about the last six games between these two teams. Um, last November 20th, the Oilers got an overtime win against San Jose in Hitch's first game. Or I wouldn't say the Oilers played great, no. but they got the win. Yeah. And the other four games were... Wipeouts. I know a couple wound up closer on the scoreboard, but you just almost felt like San Jose could have won by as many goals as they they wanted. And tonight's game uh, was a little bit, uh, like I said on the on the faceoff show, it was like watching San Jose practice and play keep away sometimes last year. And there were moments it was like that tonight. Um, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have to w- win the season series against your divisional opponents. So what's the issue against the Sharks? Well, normally, when San Jose is playing well, they beat a lot of teams. They're normally a, a team that's contending for the Western Conference Championship, for the Division Championship. So in the past, they've just been that much better than the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I, the, they haven't gotten off to a good start this year, but tonight you saw what makes them successful. they got world-class defensemen. Where Normally when you play defensemen against Connor and Leon, you got them in a shutdown pairing. And those guys are just thinking defense only. 
But what San Jose can do with Flazic and Eric Carlson out there, you got a shutdown pairing that are great defensively, but also can score. I mean, Eric Carlson had three assists tonight. So now you're, you, you, you are shutting down the Oilers' top line as well as creating offense in the other, other end. And the Oilers just did not do a good job and have not in the past taking away the defenseman at the point. And tonight, the whole game was San Jose. We're throwing the puck back to the point and crashing the net. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers did a terrible job of getting of pressuring the defenseman, terrible job of getting in shooting lanes, and a terrible job of taking away the sticks well, right. in front of the net. I mean, so if you allow the point shot, then you better do at least one or the other. And they did none of those. Right. So um, San Jose... I, and again, I think San Jose by the end of the year will be an elite team. I think they will be a playoff team. They had a terrible start to the season. A lot of that is on goaltending. And who wasn't? Jones wasn't great again tonight. Just didn't have to be. But the Edmonton Oilers, they just got beat by a team that tonight was much better than they were. 6-3, the Sharks win it. $75 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy of Ascendant Financial. They give $25 for every Oilers goal. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. We'll get to Tony. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On the phone lines, when we get back, you'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. handed shot. This is a penalty shot. Three and a half into the third period. San Jose up 5-1. Kane in over the line. Shoots. Glove save. Mike Smith. Not enough speed. Kane is stopped. Save of the game. For Jiffy Loop, be wise, winterize. Well, usually if there is a penalty shot in a game, we would talk about it earlier in the show, but it wasn't that uh, relevant to the outcome tonight. Patrick Kane was stopped by Mike Smith early in the third period when the Sharks were already up 5-1. They go on to win the game 6-3. Yeah, I know that on the telecast, uh, they didn't think that it should have been a penalty, let alone a penalty shot, but to me that was a penalty shot all day long. Yeah, Bear was beaten on the play, slashed the stick of Kane as he was about to shoot. Kane, when he got slashed, the puck just kind of rolled off his stick, missed the net wide. That was an easy call for the referee, right call, and uh, good on Smith, big save for Smith for a little confidence boost going forward, and uh, I know Bob said he didn't have enough speed coming in, Kane, but Evander Kane, I think he knows how to score goals as he popped, what, his 11th of the season tonight? He's yeah. had, actually, for a team that's had a, a struggle to the start of the season, Evander Kane has actually had a pretty good well, year. he missed the first three games, too. Oh, that's he true, too. for the linesman incident. That's right, too. Yeah. So he's had a nice start to his season. Curtis says, uh, how would you guys feel about the top two lines being McDavid with Neil and Chase on and Dreisaitl with Gagne and Cassian? Um, well, then Chason and, and Neil are going to have to stand at the far blue line to be able to catch uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, no, I, I I have said in the past that if you're going to split Connor and Leon up, then you got to put Leon with Nugent Hopkins. 
because Connor's going to be able to make players around him better. But I just don't think there's near enough uh, enough speed with Neil and Chase on playing with Connor. Right. And I don't think the problem is I don't think either one of them can get Connor the puck when he needs it. That that's again the the, the problem for the Oilers is they don't have enough depth with top six wingers. Uh, and that's not on Holland. That's on the fact that they've traded away things and they've they've put their salary cap too high. So when he went out and found players this summer, it was guys that are going to play bottom six. Uh, Gagne again. I I don't think Gagne is a top six forward at this point in his career. I thought he looked good on the fourth line. Uh, I like his experience on his fourth line, and he brings a little bit of uh, oh, a little bit of attitude, a little bit of swagger if he plays in a fourth-line role. If he's in your top six, I don't think you're going to be as successful. Yeah, and talking about the 20-game mark and, and what we've seen to this point in the season and, and maybe some of the weaknesses, the Oilers have a better bottom six than last year. Yep. I mean, they're all, you know, NHL mm-hmm. players. You know, sure, you can argue maybe on some teams they, they'd be in the press box more often than not, but I still think they kind of have two fourth lines. Yes, I agree. And... You'd still like some somebody with with a little more consistency in the top six, whether it's goal scoring, playmaking, speed. You know, like they've cycled a lot of through a lot of guys through on the Nugent Hopkins line. You'd still you'd love to have Nuge for love to have Nuge if he had say Neil, and then you know maybe a, a speedster, and maybe it's gonna maybe Nygaard's gonna be that guy. But that's still a big question mark because it's his first year in the NHL. So the, I mean that's still some areas where you're like, oh, if only they had that, they might be another level up in the power department. No, the problem is they they couldn't afford to go and get what they needed. Right. And they don't have enough assets to to, to move someone to do that. Now going forward, if a Bouchard or a Jones or was it Broberg? Is that how you say the? The kid they just the kid, drafted. Yeah, so drafted as, yeah. as they come forward, that's going to give you more assets to be able to move when we start talking about current Oilers on the back end. Uh, and then, I mean, Cassian. I thought Cassian's been fine in your top six. I thought he had a, he fits in well with Leon and Connor, so I don't think you want to move him out of your top six. And, but I do agree. I think Cheyenne, Archibald, and Kara, that is a really good fourth line. Because they're, the third line. they're your third line, yeah. and that, and we saw tonight before the game, we talked about the fact that Sheehan doesn't have a lot of offensive upside, and we saw that tonight. He had the puck on his stick, goalie down, half the net open, when I was unable to get a shot off. So, uh, they, again, there are warts on this team, but they've got just enough going right for them right now to have them where they want to be in the standings. Yeah, and I and I think if. I've always, I mean, Dry Cell McDavid, I keep them together because they're just so dangerous together. Mm-hmm. But I think if you do juggle them around, two of those guys have to be on the same line of the big three, as we've started calling them since mm-hmm. last year. I think two of the three have to be on the same line. And, and you are going to move them around. And I, and I, if I was going to move them around, I would have Nuge and, and Leon together. I think with Connor's speed, he can do things uh, without as much help. The problem is. I don't know who you could if 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 Leon and Nuge play together. I don't know who you can put with Connor that's going to be able to complement him. Because if if you see Connor likes coming late up through the neutral zone, right. and that's where Leon is so good at finding him in, with speed and getting the puck in the right spot. Right. I, I don't know. I don't think Neil has that playmaking ability, and I, I don't think Chason does. And Chason right now doesn't have the finish to play on that top line with Connor McDavid. So uh, the Oilers are probably. 
you know, if, if you wanted to, to break them up or, or, or a forward or two short in the top six to make it work. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony standing by. Hey, Tony. Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. Um, you know, I was listening to Rob when the thing for when the show first started tonight, and he said the fact that um, they had no communication when it came to the hurdle goal. The one thing I've been wondering, and I saw this in a movie a long time ago, so I don't remember exactly what movie it was. There was. Um, what what the coach did was he actually turned the light like not turned the lights off, but then he made them dimmer so that they actually had to communicate to make passes and to make the right choice. Do you think that if Tippett were to try and implement that into the like into a practice that it would actually work them like work as you know making smart pass instead of saying oh i'm going to do a cross ice and maybe it's going to get intercepted maybe not uh no no that that'll never happen at a national hockey league level they are capable of doing it tonight it was just they didn't they're completely capable uh, of making the right reads they're capable of making the right passes sometimes their choices aren't good but they don't need uh that kind of practice to get them to do what they want to do these guys have that not when you see something like that it's usually in a high school movie or something along that line national hockey league players don't need that tony so how excited we, were you on sunday after the eskimos game honestly sunday was probably the best in the night of hockey the only thing that really irritated and the best thing that the best thing that i thought was when calgary got beaten by winnipeg because i'm tired of a Calgary team either represent like I'm always tired of a Calgary team representing us in the Grey Cup. I'm tired of it. Well, not <laughs> like, I don't mean to, I don't mean to be a Calgary hater, but I just I'm I'm tired of I'm just tired of it. That's all. Well, you're not the only person I've heard that from, Tony. Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, talk to you guys soon. Hey, I'll tell you what, guys. If if you're staying up late on a Tuesday night, you might as well try to win something. Mm-hmm. Should we get a finish the play contestant, Kellen? Seven eight zero four nine six zero seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Somebody wants to finish the play. Kellen will line good. you up. In the meantime, though, let's get some post game reaction from Leon Drysdale. Why this one went so far against the grain? Because you guys have been playing really good coming into this. Yeah, I just think we weren't ready. Um, obviously, they um, started really strong here at home. Um, everyone knows that coming in here. Um, yeah, we we weren't ready, and being down three nothing in this building is uh, it's always hard to come back from. A bit of a shock to the system because you guys had been the better team Jim, for the last few weeks against just about everybody you played. Uh, yeah, we just got outplayed today. Uh, we're sloppy, didn't really make the right decisions with the puck. Um, puck's bouncing, so uh, those games happen. Um, you know, it's all about the the response now. Does it help that this happened to a team that was 12-5 and two, as opposed to a team that has been struggling? That you can sort of deal. Yeah, with? it's never, it's never good. Games like that, you don't, you don't ever want them to happen. But um, they happen, and uh, we have to take ownership and, and uh, make sure we're ready to go uh, coming home. They look at a team at the 20-game mark of the season, and they say you have a pretty good idea of who you are at that point. What do you guys think of who you are and where you are? I think, um, you know, we're a hard-working group um, that relies on on system and 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 structure and um you know our our skill uh comes comes from our work ethic so um i think we've built uh, a good foundation there and uh, i just have to make sure we keep that up thank you yep yeah i think fair comment from dry they didn't have the the work ethic high enough tonight and 
so then you didn't get to see a lot of skill unless you were <laughs> watching only the Sharks and San Jose wins at 6-3 this evening. Dreisaitl does have a 10-game point streak and uh, he's up to 36 points on the season in 20 games. I mean, what a what a start. I mean, to, to just to put in perspective, he's on pace for 120 times 444 points, something along that line. Yeah. Am I right? I mean, that's the kind of start he's had. Like, he's an incredible pace. Now, I wouldn't expect it to continue at this rate but even games when the the team looks poor or, or he's not as sharp as he is he has the ability to make two plays and two goals go in the net so uh as much as we're enjoying the start to the season for the Edmonton Oilers I think there's some side things that you want to enjoy you want to enjoy the emergence of an Ethan Bear you want to enjoy the uh the start to the seasons that the goaltenders have had but you certainly want to really admire what both Connor and especially Leon have done to start this season offensively because they're on paces to, to points that no Oilers had in a long, long time. So enjoy it while it lasts because uh, you got right now two of the top offensive players in the world playing and playing very well. All right, 6-3, the Oilers lose. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up an appetizer. Coupon. Coupon for an appetizer. What am I trying to say here, Rob? It's late. A coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Free food. Just say free food. Triple-A steak and succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. All right, Kevin, uh, do you have a comment on the game or the team, or do you just want to finish the play? Well, thanks for asking. I mean, I didn't watch much of the game. I just saw bits and pieces, so I don't know if I'm going to win tonight or not. But, uh, hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys. You're great. And let's hope for the best. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to have a bit of a different question today. Just for playing, Kevin, you get up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety-eight per day with the promo code CHET. Go ahead the first real rough stuff we've seen all year and Manning's trying and he's going to successfully get into a fight with Barkley Goodrow here. Manning lands a left hand. Now Goodrow shakes him off and lands a right to the body. Crowd roars its appreciation as Goodrow takes Manning to the ice. He gets right back up to Brandon Manning and he lets a right hand go and now finally the linesman will separate the two. All right, first fight of the season for the Edmonton Oilers this year, Kevin. Last year, how many fighting majors as a team did the Oilers have? Fifty-four or fourteen? Sorry, uh, what were the what were the options again? Fifty-four or fourteen? Fighting majors? Yeah, as a team last year. Ah, fourteen. Absolutely, Kevin. See, that wasn't too bad. No, no. Do you know who had the most fighting majors on the Oilers last year? Just just as a bonus. Uh, as a bonus, uh, was it Dave Smenko? No, <laughs> he, 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 you know I, what? If there was anybody who could have done it, still, still, even after we lost them, it might have been Smenko. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with was it Jujar Kara? It was Cassian. Had was it Cassian? No. Kevin, hang on the line, okay? Yeah, thanks. All right, Kevin's name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at a thousand bucks. Safe Adrenaline Pumping Fund, Fast Track Karting, Edmonton. Dot com. 
Yeah, it took 20 games to get into a fight. What was it when you played, like 20 seconds? <laughs> well, In junior. Well, in junior hockey, though, we used to all get in fights on purpose because if you got into a fight, you got kicked out. So when we used to play in, we used to play in some really yucky little road rinks in exhibition season. So in the first period, you get kicked out on purpose. Then Hitch would start yelling at us because he knew we were trying to get kicked out on purpose because we didn't want to play. So, so yeah, it was a little bit different back then. All right, the Oilers lose 6-3. You'll hear from... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Connor McDavid, when we get back, Heartland Ford overtime open line on 630 Chet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chet. All right, the Sharks get three goals in the first 11 and a half minutes. Go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-3. Dry Seidel, Cassian, and Gagne. Scoring for Edmonton, but the Oilers were never really in this game. Sharks outshot the Oilers 25-24. Edmonton 0 for 2 on the power play. The Sharks were 0 for 3. A lot of minuses on the Oilers tonight. Nuge minus 3. Neal minus 3. Actually, Gagne and Dreisaitl wound up plus 1 each. Ice time. Clefbaum played 24-24. Ethan Bear played 25-02, Rob. Yeah, well, in the first period, he played nine, nine and a half minutes in right. the first period alone. Uh, he's gone, become a go-to man for, for Dave Tippett and, and Jimmy Playfair. They like what he does and understandably why. He's played very, very well. Not a good night for the Oilers. They fall 6-3. Here's Captain Connor McDavid. More shocking than anything because this is kind of unlike the way you guys have been going lately. Yeah, these things happen. Obviously, not not ready to go off the hop. Um, they they come out uh, strong here in this building, so we definitely uh, we definitely know that. Um, you know, it's happened to us a couple times in this building, so um, we got to be better. Once it starts to go the other way like that, is it just hard to come back in this building, especially? Well, we made we made a you know a couple couple little uh, you know, tries at it. Um, you know, we'd score one and then give one up right away. So you know, it was tough. Uh, it's tough when you can't build any momentum like that. So credit to them. Um, you know, they did. Uh, they did everything right. And um, yeah, just a one-off kind of a thing tonight. Uh, yep. And uh, we'll be uh, be ready to go Thursday. Well, in our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors, if it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com for that game on Thursday. Will be everything. Because I think you can look at every area of the game and say the Oilers have to do it better their next outing against the Avalanche. I agree. And they're playing against a team that's playing very well right now with a bunch of starters and stars out of the lineup. They're a fast team. Got some good young players. Uh, But they're going to be playing also a goaltender that is a rookie. Played his first ever game tonight. 48 saves, Werner, I think yeah. they said. Werner, I'd never heard of him. We're going to have to do a little studying to have something on him. Actually, that's what the video coach is going to have to do, trying to find something to see if they can find any weaknesses. They're not going to find any goals against him because he's let in zero in his NHL career. All right, we're back after the midnight news. Oilers fall 6-3 in San Jose. Overtime open line presented by Heartland. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6-30 chair. All San Jose, 6-3 over the Edmonton Oilers. 
Oilers are now 12-6-2. The Sharks have won four straight to get up to 8-10-1. Third period tonight, Leon Dreisaitl, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Going to the bench, and then all of a sudden the ref says, you're going off. Now, the mics do pick up some things on the ice, as we know from mm. watching. Not always words that uh, you'd be allowed to say. We didn't hear what Dreisaitl said, but uh, what do you think happens in that situation, Rob? Well, I think there's frustration with Leon, so something was missed, obviously, that uh, he felt should have been a penalty, and sometimes uh, it's something that's gone on over the course of the night, where where you've had you know, something in the first period, you complained about it, and then you said something in the second, and it just continues. So usually, A, it's something that's happened over a long period of time, and the ref finally says, okay, that's enough, or you cross a line and say something that is a little harsher than the normal conversation. Mm-hmm. I know that Kerry Fraser used to have uh, refing clinics when I used to go to these camps, under 16 camps, under 17 camps. He'd come and talk to us about how to deal with referees. And he said, if you come over to the referee, for him example, and you say in a normal tone voice, you could say just about anything you want to him. You could, you could swear, like, I can't believe this blanking mm. call you just made. But as long as you do it without arm movement, without... Uh, huge gestures. You just say it under your voice, under your, under your breath. I'll accept it. I might not agree with it, but I'll accept it. As soon as you make it flamboyant, as soon as you call attention to you degrading me, it's a penalty. So at that point, it was probably something that was big, that was heard by more than just the referee, and then the referee will make the call that way. Either way, it was it was all that a frustration of something that had happened, and Leon wasn't happy about it. All right, let's go back to San Jose. Here's Darnell Nurse. Where did it kind of go sideways for, for you guys tonight? Well, we come out and we go down 3 nothing. Um, we know it's the team that pushes hard in the first 10 minutes. In their own building, they always do. And we didn't answer answer well. Um, does it help that this happened to a team that's 12-5-2 as opposed to a team that's you know trying to keep its head above water, that this is maybe more of a lesson than a killer? It doesn't matter. Uh, what your record is, you don't want to... Have games like this. That's uh, we hold ourselves to a high standard, and uh, you know when you hold yourselves to that kind of standard, games like this, they, they're not acceptable. So let's say so. We gotta find. Uh, you know, we, it's not a game that we are gonna you know, dwell on and, and carry into next game. But there's a lot of really good lessons that we need to learn, and um, you know, pick it up coming coming back to home ice. 12-6 and two after 20 games, which is they say after 20 you get a pretty good idea of, of what your team is all about. How, where do you see your guys? Uh, yeah, well, when we play, we play our game. We're a good checking team that uh, you know creates offense when when we need to, and that's that's kind of the, the structure we need to bring each and every night. Like I said, the, the games like this, when we're holding ourselves to a high standard, we want to be better each and every night. So we have to you know, take the lessons that uh, was good veteran team that. Um, no, we play a lot over the course of the season, so we need to uh, we need to be able to to respond to this, especially going back on home ice. All right, that's Darnell Norris. Oilers lose six three to San Jose, and then we uh, touched on it earlier. Five consecutive wins for the Sharks over the Oilers, going back to last season. And uh, I would say, I mean, like I said, the score was closer in a couple of them, but Sharks in control of all five of those games. Yeah, the the Sharks have a, a game plan that seems to work against the Oilers. The Oilers are going to have to be much better uh, at containing the defensemen of the San Jose Sharks, and much better. At taking sticks away in front of the net, the, the the sharks just try to bully you. They go to the front of the net, try to bully, you, and they work tonight. 
All right, let's check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Panthers trailed Boston 4-0 after 2 one five four in a shootout. Canadians get by the Blue Jackets three two in a shootout in overtime. The Rangers beat the Penguins three two in a shootout. Arizona over St. Louis three two. Avalanche shut out the Jets four nothing. Canucks beat the Predators five three. Red Wings in overtime knock off the Ducks four three. The Kings beat the Minnesota Wild three one. Both those teams are now six eleven and one. All right, back home. Avalanche and Stars. And then a week from tonight, you're back in San Jose. Next three for the Oilers. Yeah, it's three tough ones in a row. The Colorado Avalanche playing very well despite the fact they're missing four regulars out of their lineup. Dallas Stars have started to play better, and that was a team that I know that you and Bob talked about. Both had picked to win the Stanley Cup. I had picked them to, to be very good, uh, and, and they have gotten off to a, a slow start, but they're playing better. And then obviously back in San Jose again where they just got thumped tonight. So three tough games in the... In, in, the, in a row here for the Edmonton Oilers, and they want to find their game. They can't play like they did today and find success. They're going to have to be much better. All right, you can get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Thursday's broadcast, 5.30 face-off show. Game at 7 against the Colorado Avalanche. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for staying up with us. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.